Okay. This well, meeting is being recorded. Whoa, we got some sort of weird ass sound back there. Um, welcome to episode number 90 of the Lift Free and Diet Hard podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Coates. And one of the one of my favorite parts about uh, doing this is I get to talk to a lot of people from really cool backgrounds who've accomplished a lot of really, I'd say exemplary things in their careers, had a lot of success on a lot of different terms. And one of the more interesting people that I've had the privilege to bring on is uh, Mark Magna. And uh, Mark kind of has a, done a couple of really significant things in our industry. First of all, he's the owner of the very popular, very successful Miami-based gym chain Anatomy. And he's also a seven-year NFL pro, uh, played for the Cincinnati Bengals and a longtime New England Patriots. And I'm Canadian, so actually this is also a little more significant to me, but also played in our CFL. It was a great cup champion back in uh, 2002 with uh, the Montreal Alouettes. So for my American Worldwide listeners, you may not know so much about the CFL, but uh, we take quite a bit of pride in it. Mark is smiling. So it's great to have you on. Thanks, man. Oh, thank you for having me on. It's an honor to be on, and I'm excited to be on. Um, um, you know, uh, I am... Uh, many things but one of those things is uh, a person who's always seeking like a connection with other people in our industry just to see how we can better the industry and I think it starts with connecting with other people and just maybe having a conversation you know it can, it's quite simple so thank you very much Andrew. Well and that's why I like going to a lot of the industry events I talk about this a lot on the podcast and a lot of my guests are people I've met in my travels. And that's like you, you and I met at Luca Hosevar's uh, Vigor Ground Fitness and Business Summit mm -hmm. in September, 2017. You were one of the presenters and definitely wasn't a dry eye in the room when you went through kind of the ups and downs of your story. And anyway, it, it was something that was stood out to me. So I wanted to especially talk here about, there, there's a lot of those ups and downs that also came through with the business side and anatomy, you know, it's definitely gotten a lot of attention, both locally and I think in the broader fitness community for being a model of success. You know, you got a premium gym chain. It's very popular. But and I think a lot of coaches glamorize the idea of owning a gym. So what don't they see that went into making anatomy what it is today? And then I'll we'll, we'll go a little further with that. But let's start there. Um. Great question to start with. Um, so I, for me, first, firstly, I have uh, business partners. And I think what makes us special is we actually have um, people strategically placed in roles that they do very well. Um, our COO, uh, David, does an amazing job. He's also a partner and he works extremely hard. Um, we have uh, uh, Randy, uh, who does an incredible job of just leading us the right way. And we have uh, Chris Pacello, who is, we kind of were in the weeds of it when we started. And, and, and Chris had this great idea. I've always wanted to have a gym, but Chris found a space for it. And we just joined forces. And I think the beauty, Andrew, is that we're doing things within the business that we I think we, we have strong skills at. I think my thing is the team, the culture, and the fitness. Um, I, and, and the truth is, I don't think we could have done or be on the trajectory we're on if we didn't have such strong people in each area. Um, 
that that's really what it is for me personally, what my investment in anatomy, my work, my sweat equity investment is from where I started. And, and I had the benefit of being around a lot of wonderful leaders and a lot of wonderful coaches who I just watched as I played for them. And I, I got to understand what I appreciate about leadership and people and workers and teammates. And that is such, uh, such the glue of our business, so to speak. And it's, that's actually our differentiator that makes up our culture and culture to me is such a catchphrase and such a, honestly, a BS word at some point, but now it's like what culture is how I treat you when things aren't going well, how I actually do appreciate you, how I'm respectful to you, how I'm polite to you, uh, and, and, you know, respectfully, you know, back to me, there's so many little things that make it what it is. Um, that's really who we are. It's fitness, but more than fitness, it's a community of people at several different locations now. And that's what everyone must feel when they walk through the doors. If they're not feeling that, then they're not feeling the anatomy way. And that's really important. And I noticed this with some of the other gyms that friends of mine own people. Well, Kenny Santucci was there in, um, in September as well. And Kenny owns the strength club in New York. He's going to have an event in October. I'm going to try to make it down. And Kenny's media radiates something similar. And Luca obviously is a great example of that with what he does at bigger ground. And with you, while on one hand, you're definitely a figurehead and a face of the company. I don't get the impression that it needs to be all about you. So. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry to cut you off. That's fine. Don't please. Um, you know, I think that's a that's something that we learn over time. I mean, I've certainly I've listen, I've had my moments where I've said, hey, my name has to be on that. And then you take a step back and you realize, man, that's like a horrible, like ego thing to do. And you know, listen, when you're young and I've never been an owner of a company before. I've never shared responsibilities like that before. But when you think about it, the one kind of uh, thing that I could focus on and pull from in regards to experience was, how would I feel if one of my teammates acted that way? How would I feel if one of my teammates said, hey, you know what, I saved the day on defense and it was all about me? Like, that, that wouldn't sound good, right? So. Now it's, I'll tell you something that I used to do and I'm embarrassed about it. I used to say, hey, you know, I'm, I'm the owner of the company. Now, knowing that I have business partners and there are several. Now, when people ask me, yesterday a guy asked me, hey, uh, you're at Anatomy, right? You work at Anatomy. Now, he said that because he pops in for 45 minutes an hour a day. He doesn't know. How, why should he know? He's just a... 40, 50-year-old guy who sees me at anatomy. And I told him, yes, I work at anatomy. And that was it. Now, you learn that with time. Like, I'm not trying to take any credit that isn't mine. I'm not trying to make it all about me. I guess my point is I've learned that the hard way. It's it, 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 At the end of the day, Andrew, it doesn't really feel good. And I try to give everyone the credit due to them because we have many Listen, 
my business partners, um, team members, general managers, personal trainers, uh, we call them body architects. They're just workhorses and they make us who we are. So I think that was something that I learned over time. And it's still, listen, I'm not perfect. It's still something that I'm trying to get better at, but it's something that, you know, you swallow your ego and sometimes it sucks, but I always feel better when I do it. Really. I like that. That, that resonates because it would have been so easy to turn around and correct the guy or tell him that you were the owner, which could imply that you were correcting him. And it just speaks to the lack of ego to say, I don't need to let this guy know that I'm the, one of the owners of this company. Uh, that's actually really powerful. I hope there's a big lesson here. I mean, on, on the flip side, I know that for the members of a gym, the, I contract at a gym and the owner, he's very humble behind the scenes, doesn't want to be the face, but his name is not on it. But mm. also when I introduce, you know, when I introduce him as the owner to a client of mine, they feel special because the owner has popped by to come and say hi and interact with them. But there's a delicate line in, in how you go about that, yeah. how you express that. And that's me introducing him as the owner, not you doing it, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, I think if it comes from someone else, I think that's much better. It feels better. Um, you know, in what I've learned over time, like you can't really force anything. If someone thinks you're like powerful piece of what, what's going on or, or a foundational piece, call it whatever you want. You're not going to get you're not going to convince them it's not true. I mean, they see it with their eyes every single day. Right. They understand what, what's there. I mean, you can't talk. It's one of those gaslighting things. You can't talk me out of my truth. I know exactly what's going on. So they know what they know. I'm not going to convince them of something else. It is what it is. I'm just, my role is to add as much value to team building, culture building, uh, the PT business, fitness, wellness, the overall experience of people who just walk through our doors. And if I do a good job by leading by example, in my behavior, my interactions, well, then that's going to help out. That's the way I look at it. And I think, again, I, I hope that everybody listening is, this is one of the reasons why I want to bring you on. Like this, you radiate just humility and complete lack of ego with this. And people would hear the introduction because, I, of course, I want people to, to hear the accomplishments of someone, you know, the, CF, uh, the CFL and the NFL career and, and being the gym owner. But there's a big piece in the middle there that you talked about in your presentation in Seattle that I didn't mention. It was the long, hard hours scraping a living working as a personal trainer. Now, you had some lucky breaks in there, too. There's no doubt. But I don't know if you want to speak to that a little bit, because there are probably people listening going, well, you know, I'm that trainer who like looks up to people like Luca, the other successful people in the industry. Well, I hope they know Luca's backstory about start, starting training people in the woods in Slovenia and some of his, you know, his humble beginnings. And yeah. virtually everybody in this industry who's you know accomplished a great degree of success, whatever they define success to be, has had some pretty humble beginnings. Uh, yeah, so uh, I'll tell you a quick story. I was in high school and um, I, I used to, I'm going to transition back to answer your question, but I was in high school and I remember I, I was, I basically had to talk my way into getting a job at an event space called White's. And I, I was a waiter, but for the majority of the evening, starting at maybe eight o'clock till one o'clock in the morning, I would wash dishes. 
Now the dishes never stop because this is a banquet hall and there's thousands of people there. So you're washing them by hand, the bigger pieces, the bigger pieces that come through the big. So, um, you know, it's interesting. I hated that job. Like I absolutely hated that job, but I know it might sound goofy, but I learned more about myself at that job than any other job I've ever had in my entire life. When you're alone, it's Friday and Saturday night, you're in high school, all your friends are going out and you're making very little money to wash dishes and no one can see you do it. No one's saying good job. No one's like thanking you. That's it. So after the NFL and CFL, I moved to Miami and I basically become a trainer at a uh, corporate wellness gym. Um, and it, you know, I'll tell you the truth is I was super excited to have the job. It wasn't, I wasn't bummed out. I mean, there were moments where I tell my wife now I would like sit outside and almost cry because I'm thinking I have one friend, one of my college roommates is the general manager of the New York Jets. Another, another one is an ESPN analyst. I have guys who are division one coaches, doctors, lawyers, orthopedic surgeons, um, the head of, um, uh, what is it, uh, medical device companies. And I'm cleaning the floor as a trainer in Miami. And people are basically, you know, not valuing you or treating you very well. I realized that that whole process it had more to do with my mindset, my perspective, and how I viewed things. You know, I, at times I looked at myself as a failure, but then I looked at myself as a person who has an opportunity to do something special. Now I've been told by many people, you know, you can't just be a trainer. Like there's no. Now we certainly believe something different, and our industry believes something different. But you know, you can't really have great success and make money and, and be you know, a powerful person in this world or an impactful rather person in this world, if you're just a trainer. And I remember thinking, I just don't believe that. Like, I, I don't believe that. Um, that's not, I believe anything you do in this world, you have a choice on how you're going to do it. And I said, maybe a trainer who is doing a couple of sessions a day, isn't completely committed, isn't enthusiastic, doesn't want to do it, looks at it like they have to do it, not like they get to do it. That's something different. And that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about taking this to the highest level. But the truth is, Andrew, that wasn't my mission. My mission was I have someone standing in front of me who needs my help. I'm going to help change their life today. That's it. Just today. And I'll take care of tomorrow, tomorrow. But every time I got ahead of myself, I was humbled and put back in my place. And that's how I built basically my community. I mean, there was, I can't tell you how many people I've trained and I see them 10, 12, 15, 20 years later. And they're like, oh my God, you really helped me. And that was a big deal for me. And then I realized like, I want to be a part of something else because I can only touch so many people. And that's why I transitioned to, um, you know, partnering up with people who wanted to do something unique and special that that's really the only reason. And I felt like I had a specific skill set that listen, everyone has great things they learned over their life. But I, I say this all the time. I was fortunate. Like I played for four hall of fame coaches four, and 
they're not Hall of Fame coaches because they just know X's and O's. They, they're Hall of Fame coaches because they run the entire organization. They run the entire organization. And it just so happens that the four Hall of Fame coaches that I have, they were also the GMs of the team. So they understand people. They understand how to put people in the best positions possible to ensure that they have success. And they understand how to motivate people. They understand how to talk to people. They understand how to lead by example. They understand how to be respectful. And coincidentally, that's why they're in the Hall of Fame. The, 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 those people, those coaches, rather, Andrew, who do such a good job at all those little things win more games. It's not just because they have the best athletes. They have the best football players, and they put them in the best positions possible. And the amount of life lessons that I've been fortunate to experience through that, honestly, I just do that with what my role is and what my responsibilities are at anatomy. And, you know, everyone that wants to, I, I, I always end with this, like, and I know we're not ending, but, you know, there are so many in our industry that just want to skip over certain parts, right? And a good coach that I had in my life, he always says, everyone wants an A, but they don't want to take the exam. They, the very tools that took me, you know, I learned in football, in middle school, high school, college, the NFL, CFL, NFL Europe, uh, being a floor trainer, cleaning the floor, all those things. Look, I'm going to be honest with you. A lot of those things suck. Like they sucked. I didn't like some of them. I didn't like, they didn't smile because I had to get on my hands and knees and clean. That wasn't the point of the stories. The point is those are valuable lessons, valuable lessons that I, that it really, really helped me, you know? So, you know, if I, if I skip those parts and, and now I see it, I see people run out and they, they want to do this and they want to do that. And a year into it, they go, shit, I think I'm going to go out of business. You know, like, 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 I don't know what else to do. And part of knowing what else to do is I didn't have the answers, but you know, my business partner, Chris and I knew we needed help with some stuff. Like a, a sign of strength is knowing when to ask for help. A sign of strength is knowing I'm really good at this. Like, I feel like I'm good at this because of this, because of the examples and experiences I had, but I'm not good at that. So I need help with that. That's why we have a great team and we have a great leadership team. So um, I think over time, you learn certain life lessons that help your awareness and help your, uh, the way you view things, the lenses, how you see things. So that's my best answer. There's a lot, a lot embedded there. I mean, from the fact that you probably look at your trainers and remember you. I, I recently walked through a commercial gym that I like to go and work out at. And I saw a young trainer and he was leaving at probably 9 p.m. because I you know, usually finish up my work late. I, I coached 10 clients in 11 hours yesterday. I st- I, you know, I'm on into year, almost year 12 of my career. Actually, this is year 12. It'll be 12 years soon. And I saw this young trainer and, you know, it was kind of dark and, you know, and you could tell he's probably a little tired and maybe he's leaving at the end of a long day. But I remember like back to when I first started and I sure as hell didn't play high level football, but I remember starting out with not a whole lot moving across the country. I used to own a bar, a nightclub in Newfoundland, and that came with a lot of fun, but a lot of bullshit. I left behind a really wild partying lifestyle and I came out having two friends in Edmonton and my one of my friends, this room I had to stay in, 
I couldn't stay there after about a month because I had a falling out with my friend. So I stayed in a hostel for three weeks. I was looking for a job. So I found a job at a local casino dealing blackjack. Now I'm 28 years old. I've got a business degree. And I'm, you know, shaking off the, the effects of like wild partying lifestyle, sobering up. And I remember one of the first nights, I don't have a car either. So I'm taking the bus around. I remember one of, and this is, this is a cold winter now. Came up here just in late fall, cold winter. And I'm trying to figure out where this bus stop is to leave the casino. I take a wrong turn. I walk down this industrial road. It's freezing out. I don't have the clothes. I'm not dressed well enough for this. I remember walking for what seemed like half an hour, looking for just a place to pop in, to find a phone, to call a taxi. And I'm freezing. And I'm thinking, I'm so far away from home. I'm lonely. I'm like, I just want to go home. Right. And I was like, no, I I can't quit. Right. I, I can't go back. I can't admit that I like failed at this stuff. So I walked a little further found a coffee shop, got a, got a cab, whatever. But that moment really stuck with me. And, you know, I spent three and a half years at that job, kind of chilling out, playing video games and watching TV in my basement, didn't have much of a social life, but got back in the gym real hardcore. And that led to being hired off a floor at a gym at 32 years of age, starting out overwhelmed, not knowing what the hell I was doing. But, you know, I stuck with it. And I remember that same thing. You know, I, I look back at some of the people who I started with in those days, and I'm still friends with a lot of them. I still talk to them and how it changed their lives and, and rooted them on a completely different course for their fitness and wellness. And some of those clients are still with me today. And it gradually grew and grew and things went really well. And I look back and anybody who looks at me and thinks, okay, cool. I write for Muscle Fitness Magazine and T Nation and some of these other things, or the fact that you know, social media has grown a lot or whatever they see, speaking at fitness conferences. Everybody who's in a place like that, now I'm not a gym owner, but again, I reference Luca. I reference you know, so many other people. Don't forget that there's some very, very humble beginnings where people came from. And it's really easy to think that you jumped straight from the NFL into a high profile owning a gym. And there was some, some, some grindy, tough days in between. So I, I like your story and I respect that. Let's flip a little bit. What, what is it about owning, running anatomy, being a part of that culture and that team and, and team of ownership that you would never trade? What are the best parts? What, what's really been worth it? You know, I, I think uh, you have so many interactions with team members and uh, community members, you know, which are our members and, when you see someone like, it's not about a transformation. Like, you know, you know, you see bodies change. Of course, we do, but that's not the most powerful part. The most powerful part, part, the most powerful part. Excuse me, is seeing someone what the community means to them, and they say, you know, this is the absolute best decision I've ever made uh, for my you know, for my wellness, for my health, like being a part of, and it's not because we have cardio machines and we say it all the time. It's not about the equipment. It's about the positive mental headspace that we all share there. That's why we protect it so much. I mean, I've had people in there that don't care about anyone but themselves. And, you know, they could be like the hardest worker in the world. I can't have them there. They would be, they're world-class. They're awesome. But 
they're really not on a team by themselves. They'd be awesome on a team by themselves, but unfortunately, we don't have that. You know, so it's uh, I, you know, I, I share a quick story with you. So uh, we have an amazing, amazing PT manager in that twelve twenty. His name is James. I mean, I think the world of this guy. He's a he's a very smart hardworking. I, I, lo I love his perspective because he's caring and, you know, he, he has his moments, but he's, he appreciates feedback and coaching and he tells me this story. We have a uh, young lady from, uh, let's just say another country who's a body architect with us now. And, you know, she's got a positive energy and we have leads coming in now because it's summer, it's very, it's busy. It's just not as busy as the, the super strong season. So she's presented with leads. What does she say? Thank you. No, she says, you know what? I know there's not a lot of leads to go around. Why don't you give them to the rest of the team and I'll be fine on my own. I'll pick up clients off the floor. I'd rather see those leads go to someone else. That specific experience that James had with that body architect told me that we're doing something right and we're bringing in the right people because that is the anatomy way. Now she wouldn't have been wrong if she took leads, but the fact that she had the awareness and the foresight to do that is next level. Now we've had people in here, as I said before, who were crazy productive. And if you didn't give them a lead, there's like a, a fight, a huge fight. And everyone is toxicity and they're angry and they're making everyone feel bad. And I'm the man, so I should get all the leads. And I'm thinking, how does this person get through the day? But those are two very different people. So you deal with both. But one person, as Coach Bruni would say, is a culture crusader. The other one's a culture vampire. So like, what are we trying to do? Conversely, if you have the culture crusaders, shout out to Coach Rooney, you're going to have people that give off an infectious energy that is felt when you walk in the building or any location. And that's what we're trying to do. That's the most important part. So spending time with our team members is what, I absolutely love. I enjoy being around people like that. I think I'm, I've always been on teams my whole life. Of everyone I know, I mean, I think I added it up and I've been on like 67 teams since I was, you know, a young boy. I mean, that's a lot of experience. Doesn't mean I know everything because I certainly don't, but I have I've had great experiences on teams and I've had negative experiences on teams. It's just a lot of reps of seeing what kind of works and what kind of doesn't work. So. Bad. Again, love this stuff. And I really hope everybody listening is just soaking this stuff up and then you go follow Mark. Like it's one of the big things, go follow what Mark's doing, like soak up more of this stuff. Um, and if anybody ever gets a chance to see you speak live at one of these events, take the opportunity, seriously. Like that's one of the reasons why it took me a little while to get you on here, but that's why I wanted you on here. I, I believe in that stuff. Um, I remember the gym that I worked at. I was really fortunate in that I 
did really well with referral business. So I didn't need to take the leads from the company. So I was always very clear that, yeah, I wanted, you know, some of the other coaches, I wanted to make sure the leads were in good hands. I, I work with some people in that community. I didn't trust and I didn't think I should get the leads, but you know, there was a bunch of coaches I supported and, and liked. And now where I'm a contractor at a different facility, I brought coaches in great coaches from the old company, some people I've mentored. And I also tell the owner and the managers like here, because the leads come in, it's like, Hey, I'm good. I've, I've got this covered. I've, I've worked very hard to build my media to, and, and my relationships to be okay. But here, you know, anything that would theoretically go to me, my quote, share, give it to these people because they work hard for it. They've got good attitudes. They treat their people well. So I really believe in that stuff. Um, I'm trying to think now. There's just so much in there. Um, you know, let's ask you about this too, because this, this is something that gets shown on your media a lot. You are really devoted to taking good care of yourself right? You, you put on your media a lot, especially there's a lot of conditioning, a lot of hard work there. You're pretty in shape, dude. So again, you, you're part of an ownership group of a, a big company, but where does, where does your own fitness rate on your non-negotiables and how important well, is it to you to be able to do what you do? Well, I, I think uh, because we are in the fitness wellness space, it's important to be healthy, be fit, um, you know, but, you know, health and wellness, uh, fitness doesn't, for me, it used to be, you know, very physical. Now it, it's really mental. Um, my mental headspace is really important. You know, you know I, I Things used to really, really rattle me. And by the way, some things still do. Um, but I understand that when I deal with challenges and obstacles and hurdles in my mental space, if someone's treating me poorly or giving off bad energy, I realize that has everything to do with them and very little to do with me. Um, I, I just I pay attention to behavior, pay attention to patterns. And, you know, I've done things for my mental health. Um, one of my business partners got me into meditation. I went away to a retreat that helped tremendously, a silent retreat. Um, and, and that just put me in a different place, a place that I liked. And then the reason I think I attack fitness in the physical side, which is starts with the cognitive side is, um, you know, there's not a lot of healthy men in my family. Uh, I'm from Italian descent, but you know, the men in my family didn't look healthy and engaged in very bad habits, uh, alcoholism, uh, drug abuse, um, you know, obesity, diabetes, they, they just, and, and for me, you know, I feel like at some point, maybe I, you know, let's say Mark Magna drops dead at 50. Well, that's great because if I wasn't as healthy as I am, I probably would have dropped that at 40. So, you know, I've been doing everything I can to stay as healthy as I can, um, to be here for my wife and my wife is pregnant and make sure I can be a good father because there weren't a lot of great fathers in my family. So I'd like to break that cycle. That's really important to me. And so it is a responsibility of mine to make sure I used to like not sleep and I used to have very poor habits and I realized now I got to go to bed. I have to get good sleep. 
it's not cool to sleep four hours. I used to think that was, you know, a tough guy thing. And then I realized my brain's deteriorating and I'm, I don't feel good, you know, and my body didn't look, it didn't look fit. It looked like it was in survival. And then I said, wait a minute, if you're not eating well, you're not sleeping and you're working like a crazy person, that's okay. You're a hard worker, but you're not a bright man. You're, you're inept because you know that everything starts with your health and that's what I'm preaching. Right. So I have to lead by example. So I've started to do that uh, the last few years. Sorry, my cat just walked right across the keyboard, but I lose you. That's good. Um, I think there are a lot of young people in our industry who a lot of stories about successful people. And then it's just, you know, working 6am, 5am to 9 or 10pm at night. And I work some pretty crazy hours, but I've never, ever pulled that kind of stuff for me, non-negotiable. And I put this in a post recently, eight hours of sleep opportunity. That one has always been a big one for me, despite the work ethic. Um, And Hey, we're not leading, we're not being great examples to the sacrifices or the things we're asking of our clients if we're not doing it. But that sort of thing is not sustainable, not long-term. And by the way, congratulations on the, on the upcoming baby. That's cool. That's awesome. Thank Um, you. Yeah. uh, That's going to add another dimension to your world. Right. And you're talking about all these challenges about, I see, I'm not a dad, right? I don't, what am I, what am I, clients, long-time clients just had a, had a kid and he's a cardiologist. So like life's changed. He, he's used to functioning on one level. This is different, but being that guy in the NFL, I mean, you're, you're a linebacker and a defensive end. Like that's, that's physical stuff. You were a real, you're a fit dude now, but you were a big dude back then. And then the hard days of grinding endless sessions in the gym floor. And then with all the ups and downs, the stress of owning building and owning a gym. Now comes a new challenge being a dad. And there's something in there too. I sometimes forget that I look at all this stuff in our careers through the lens of, you know, a single guy who doesn't have any kids. There's a lot of people who are doing all this sort of stuff and they have families too. So that's, uh, that's, that's important to sometimes like step back and realize that not everybody can apply the same amount of time and mental energy into a singular goal when it comes to the career side. And yet there's a lot of people who've been very successful. Like, uh, you know, like you, what you just described, Don Saladino. Don's got kids, right? If I'm not mistaken, yeah. Don has kids. And so look at what Don has done. Um, a lot of other people are well. You, men- you mentioned Martin. You, you said Coach Rooney. So you're talking about Martin Rooney, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I've got, I've become really close with Coach Rooney and I saw him speak. You fired you up. In 2000, I, I saw him speak in 2006. And I was like, man, that, there was something about when he spoke. I was like, you know what? I feel like I know this person and he's talking to me specifically. And when he came down, we, we, we spent some time together and I just think the world of him and he gets it. And look, you don't have to have kids. Of course not. Like everyone, whatever is good for you is good for you. I tell you with the people that I know in my life, I think having children the men that i really respect really appreciate and have done really special things in their lives they have kids you know and they're very successful so i think there's there's a lot in there i think 
it says that they're family people. I don't know what they're like behind closed doors. I have a perception of what they're like. You know, I think that because they have kids, it forces you to deal with a lot of experiences that give you a lot of reps that may help you dealing with people and talking to people and being patient. Um, but I think that there's another level of things and it's hard for me to explain, but I think it takes you to a certain place. And that's not why I'm having kids. I'm having kids because I've always wanted to be a father and there weren't a lot of great fathers in my uh, family. So I wanted to break that cycle. That's important to me. You know, I just want to do the best I can and be a good father, you know, and be there, be present. It starts with that. So I'm excited. Uh, I think you'll do great based on everything I know about you, which I mean, like I've got relatively limited snapshots compared to some other people in your life, but uh, I think you'll do fine. And you mentioned Martin Rooney. I've had him on a couple of times. So anybody listening, Martin's been a, a guest a few times. I met Martin in 2017, got to spend some time with him at Lucas. And then again, and hung out again when, you know, you and I met. And it's really cool. Like you talked about earlier, you know, what's about to believe that like a personal trader really could do all that much. Martin still coaches and inspires like other coaches, which ca cascades through. That's one of the reasons to grow your reach brand ability to influence more people in the industries because it can trickle down. But here's Martin just this past weekend on TV at the latest UFC uh, out there with Jim Miller, right? And Jim, Jim wins. It's, it's uh, Jim versus Cowboy. Um, really cool stuff. A couple of fighters I like. And it's just cool to see like uh, Joel Jameson. He's another pal of, of mine. And uh, you, I've hung up with Joel a couple of times at Lucas events. So you've met him. And, uh, you know, getting to see Joel walk out in the ring. I've got pay-per-view. My friend's over at my place. And here's Joel walking out with uh, Demetrius Johnson, right? Like that, that stuff's pretty cool. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot of outlets that you as a coach can grow into. And it's got to be authentic to you. I mean, for you, it became, you know, creating that gym and, and what that will lead to, you know, that'll be, become bigger and, and better and broader or if it's Don Saladino and what he's scaled within his online space, right. And, and his ability to influence people or what Luke is doing or Martin Rooney. So a lot of powerful examples here, or someone like Dana Santos, who was also at uh, Lucas, what she's doing. She's yeah. really yeah. still got to get her on the podcast. Um, I really appreciate you taking the time to come talk to me. It's great to catch up. Um, yeah. where, Please, thank where, you so much. where can people find you? Tell them about your social media yeah. and more about anatomy. Yeah, so um, you can find me at Anatomy. I'm super proud of everyone in the team, and it's certainly something special, and we're growing. Uh, a lot of great things coming. So at Anatomy on all social media. Uh, you can find uh, myself at Mark Magna on Instagram. I'm not really on Twitter. I'm on there, but barely. Um, <laughs> Facebook, if anyone does that, Mark Magna. Um, and then um, I wrote a book called Dream Big, Never Quit about my life. And it's a few, you know, it's meant for anyone chasing a dream, to be quite honest. But Dream Big, Never Quit. It's also on Audible. That's my voice on Audible. And I'll tell you, that was very hard to do. Way harder than I thought. So if you want to listen to it uh, on Audible, Dream Big, Never Quit. And also, of course, there's a documentary a dear friend of mine made named Randy West from Monarch Productions. Now this documentary was meant to motivate, inspire like um, at risk youth and kids who 
need to understand that it's possible to be productive and have a heavy dream, go after it and accomplish it. And he did an incredible job traveling all over the country, getting interviews from NFL coaches, college coaches, teammates, people I work with, business partners. It's called Just a Kid from Fall River. And you can watch it on Apple, uh, iTunes and um, Amazon. It's on pretty much all the platforms except Netflix. It's not on Netflix. So check it out. Just a Kid from Fall River. Well, I just, as you were saying that, popped open Audible and downloaded Dream Big Never Quit. I'll check that out. I was going to say this earlier. Oh, thank you. Someone's excited. Um, I've recently been reading some books like Phil Jackson's 11 Rings and um, I'm partway through Tony Dungy's book. If you really want to get into some brilliant leadership stuff, some of the, the great coaches in certainly football, also basketball, I find there's a lot of really great stuff that comes out of those worlds. And I think there's a reason why your career in football led to a lot of really great things in your career in fitness. So I'm proud of you. Um, obviously, uh, I've been watching and uh, I'm inspired by what you do. So I hope that the people listening kind of took something from this episode and said, okay, this guy's got really good energy. I want to see more of this stuff. Um, if anybody is finding this podcast uh, through your media and I'm brand new to you, then uh, just scroll through who I've had on as guests. I mentioned a bunch of names like Martin Rooney and Luke House of our Joel Jameson. They've all done a, a bunch of episodes with me. Go check them out. Okay. Maybe you'll stick around. And if you're someone who's one of my longtime people and is only first finding Mark, please go follow Mark. Go check out what he's doing, okay? Like, I believe in Mark. I love, what, love his message. And um, stay tuned for another great episode next week. Thank you, Mark. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. It's an absolute privilege. And um, thank you for being so engaging and, and, and social at the Luca event. It's great connecting with you. Keep doing great things. Congrats on all your success. And I appreciate everything you put out, Andrew. Thank you very much. Thank you, brother.